Welcome to A Curious Yogi Podcast. I'm your host, Bobby, and these are my conversations with sadhaks, satsangis, and other spiritual seekers. Join us as we discuss and discover what it means to live a spiritual life and walk the yogi's path. Each week, you'll gain insights into your own practice as we share the stories and wisdom of those that walk the path with us. I'm so delighted you're here. Now let's get curious. Curious yogis, I love you. Thank you for joining me on this exploration into the human experience of the divine. A Curious Yogi podcast, season one. It's been so cool. I started this project as a way to create content which is in align with my values of freedom, service, connection, and living sadhana. And it's really offered me so much wisdom and insight into what it means to navigate the challenges that have come up in my own life for the past year. And I hope it's offered you the same. When I thought about the final episodes for this first season, I really wanted to go back and re-explore and expand some of the conversations that really lit me up. And of course, I couldn't highlight all 23 conversations as each one was totally packed, but I was able to uncover some of the common threads which can be useful to all of us wherever we are in our journey. And the beauty of these threads is that they're totally timeless, interconnected, and relevant at all moments of our quest for truth and lasting peace and really this harmony that we seek as as the seekers. There are so many nuggets here. I divided the timeless teachings into two parts so you have time to really contemplate and digest what's being discussed and uncovered. This is the true way we integrate and learn is through the sitting and direct experience of that gyan, sitting and contemplating what we learn and hear and take in. So a huge shout out to all of you who have listened and left reviews and reached out personally. I'm really delighted that this podcast has been a platform for authentic connection in a world of disconnect. I'd really love to hear what resonates with you in this recap episode and any other timeless teachings which you may have picked up from season one of A Curious Yogi. So without further ado, let's get into the show. I really began this podcast journey as a way to deepen my own experience and understanding of what it means to be a sadhak, a spiritual seeker. And I think this clip coming up is the perfect way to begin this episode because it so beautifully sums up what it means to walk this path the courage that it takes, the humility that it takes, and the laughter that should be invited. So in this next clip, well, first clip from episode four, you're going to hear my dear friend Devin Pipers, a meditation teacher from California, just set the stage for us for all these teachings that are ahead. So enjoy and get inspired for what's to come. I love what's already been said. Like I often describe meditation as a self-remembering or a resting in self consciously, Mm, you know? So it's like, like we're not doing meditation, right? Because the efforts of the individual cease when we decide to sit down in stillness and close our eyes and disengage from our senses and our thoughts and like basically hand 
hand over the wheel to the Supreme, <laughs> you know, and say, uh, I've let go totally like, and, and, and just trusting that, you know, like that's meditation is, it's not avoidance, it's immersion. Mm-hmm. And again, I think that's why it takes courage because it's very scary for a lot of people to turn completely inward and face every single thought and every single feeling and every single sensation or emotion they're feeling in their body without looking mm-hmm. away, without trying to fix it or improve it, without trying to, um, you know, use a coping mechanism or a numbing behavior, but just be with that. It's, it's hard work. And, and, and it's so funny to me when, you know, the neo-advaitists say, um, well, we're already that, so there's no work to be done. And it just makes me laugh out loud because I'm like, oh, wow, like, that must be nice. But I also don't believe it because I'm like, no, the, the purushart, the rightful efforts, like efforts, like you said, Sarah, it's a constant lifelong minute-to-minute practice. Like every single second you're, you're watching the areas of, of stuckness, of, of, of you know, the, the, the residue of, of the sticky ego that, you know, that doesn't want to release. Um, and, and like every moment life is where for me anyway, since leaving India, this is where the rubber hits the road. Like this is where every moment becomes an extension of my sadhana. Every moment is a moment of meditation and that it's applied practice. It's a moment, just as you said, of, of remembering doubtlessly, this is not what it seems to be. And, and it's kind of like being a lucid dreamer and like, you know, saying, like trying to not get lost in the dream and continually just remind yourself, oh yeah, I'm dreaming. I'm still dreaming. I'm still dreaming. Even even when it becomes so overwhelming or compelling or exciting or whatever it might be, you know, um, trying to keep that, that uh, alertness, you know, keep, keep your mind and your awareness anchored in what is real in each and every moment when, when the Maya or the illusion is so compelling and so beautifully crafted, you know, to, to, to suck in, suck you in through your senses and your mind and your body and your emotions. So it's like this, it requires that constant vigilance and it's, it's a, it, I mean, it's a beautiful, um, task that we've, that we've taken on. It's, it's very worthwhile, but yeah, no end in sight, no end in sight. Every, every moment it's like, oh yeah. And you know, like, and just appreciating those moments where we do get stuck, like, Mm -hmm. like, 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 and the people who I, I sometimes say like, some people are like the, the thumb of God in your eye, like the people who like, (laughs) you know, like, ow, you know, and you're just like, like, why? But like, but it's like, thank you for those people. Thank you for those situations that trigger me because it's revealing to me where I still have work to do, where I'm still stuck, where I'm still making myself small as an individual, as, as thinking I'm just a human being, um, when I'm not, you know? So it's like, there's this story of a monk who's uh, meditating in a boat and, uh, on a lake. So he's just floating and, um, he's, he's meditating peacefully in Samadhi and all of a sudden he gets hit by another boat and he feels a rush of anger of just rage surge through him because he knows what he's doing is, is noble. And this person is careless and how dare they. 
and he opens his eyes to yell and he sees that it's it's just a boat is loose that's just loaded to him and bumped him you know and so the beauty of that parable is that nothing can arise that isn't already within you it just requires something acting upon you to bring it out so it's like if someone pisses me off that means there was anger inside of me right like like then and they're bringing it out and god bless them for bringing it out of me because and revealing that 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 was still stuck right and that i still i need to look at that i don't need to blame them i need to do the work on me so like just and life provides infinite opportunities mm -hmm. for us to keep doing the work of sadhana and so um it never ends it's kind of this beautiful mm -hmm. infinite process yeah Mm, yes, Devin. Yes, yes, yes. I love what she said so much. It's so true. It never ends. It really never ends. And if we can begin to look at it as a beautiful process that does take courage and humility and laughter and all those beautiful points Devin made, then, you know, we just keep going. We just keep on keeping on. I love that. And it's so perfectly leads us into the first timeless teaching that I unpacked through this first season, and that is the teaching of acceptance as a non-linear first step towards integration and remembrance of that whole self. And like Devin said, it, accepting it all when that person, that situation is like, bugging you, rubbing you, speaking from experience, the thumb of God in your eye, it's, we have to remember it's all except, uh, it's all divinely gifted. So for our first teaching, I've got this awesome clip from episode 25, Nikki Myers, who is like one of my life inspirations. She so beautifully teaches us about acceptance of all and she totally revolutionized my own sadhana this year just with the simple word and enjoy i am i am all of these things and i love saying them all in the same sentence i love saying all that in the same sentence and it's that and that is the connector of them and i say them all with the exact same gratitude and grace all of them get the same gratitude and grace. And what I've discovered in this healing process for me, and over the years, I know it's not just me, because even through my own lived experience and working with hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of others over the course of these years, I see how this is a, a, a similar path, a healing path, for many, right? And what, what I know is when I ignore or deny or suppress or repress any of those things, some part of myself, I make one part bad, awful, and wrong, and another part right and wonderful and praiseworthy, then what happens is there's a split inside, because all of that's in here. All of that's here, right? And so it creates this split. There's a fissure actually in my being because there are all these parts and the parts never form into a whole. They can't because I've made one bad off one wrong and another right and wonderful and praiseworthy. And so they can't. 
And so it's only when I do this work of reintegrating all parts of myself, bringing them back, having this acceptance and honor, because all of them, no matter how they showed up, they were still all on team Nikki, right? They did what needed to be done at a certain point in my life that led to the survival to be here in this moment right now. How dare I not honor them? How dare I not bring them in? How dare I exclude them? What I've learned is that healing happens through inclusion. It's inclusion. I can't exclude any part of myself or else it starts coming out sideways, which is exactly what happened for me in the course of this thing. Things were coming out sideways and I couldn't figure out what the heck was going on. And so it's been in this inclusion, it's been in this bringing in all parts of myself that, um, that the healing begins to happen, that the healing begins to happen. Yes, Nikki, thank you. The healing happens. The healing does happen. I love what she said about inclusion the holding all parts of ourselves. And that's really been something that has helped me so much this year on my own inner journey is that connective point of N. I am divine. I know myself as that self with the capital S. And I have to take care of the small individual ego self, which yes, it is illusory and it is impermanent and ever-changing, but I can hold it all as the sadak, as the courageous spiritual seeker. So mm, I love that. On to our next timeless teaching, which came up again and again and again in all my interviews. Uh, and that is the teaching of committing to your practice, to showing up, to finding the path which resonates with you and really committing to it. Like, I think someone in one episode said, or maybe I heard it somewhere else, you know, this um, metaphor of drilling for water. We can't actually reach the depth to find the water if we just drill a whole bunch of small little little wells. We have to find one well, we dig deep to the bottom. And I think that's such a prime teaching for all of us on this path. And to demonstrate that, I took an excerpt excerpt from episode 15 good company with my dear friends Gutty and Elisa who both just shine and exude their commitment to their practice and their sadhana and they really remind us and remind me in my personal life to stay the course to know ourselves as that ever-present pure and free being as the sadhak we have to do the work of sadhana is you are not who you think that you are. And it's a loaded sentence because it can sound obnoxious. I have no idea what you think that you are, right? So how can I know that you're not what you think that you are? And you're not. And the reason that you're not who you think that you are is because what you are is not something that is in the realm of thinking. You are that absolute free being that transcends body, transcends thought, transcends opinion, transcends difference. You're just that. And my wish for myself and for everybody who listens 
is don't compromise on anything until this is your living reality. This is what you're actually seeing every day. This is what you are. And when you see that, then you also see that everybody around you, just that, just that same freedom. Beautiful. Wow, that's beautiful. <laughs> uh, I would say that, uh, I mean, I would say the same thing. You are vast and free, um, pure forever. And uh, as a asterisk footnote to that, I would say, the mind will try to sweep you up in its uh, complicated ways, trying to convince you that the only way to really know that freedom is to do this or that. And there's some special magic formula to do that. And also um, along the way, it will want to make you miserable and forget that you are that free being. But take it as an opportunity, use it as an opportunity to just delve into the knowingness that you are that free being and don't listen to it. Let it do its own thing, but don't um, don't fall under the sway of it because it will just try to trap you. Just rest on the your own awareness that you are forever vast and free. Rest on your own awareness that you are ever vast and free. Wow, I had to repeat that again. It was so beautiful. Thank you so much, Gadi and Elisa. Um, great episode, P.S. If you guys should all go back and hit that up, episode 15, if you're uh, in relation to anybody in the world. <laughs> and uh, that clip leads us so beautifully into the next teaching, which, I mean, all the teachings are so connected. So I think I'll probably say that a lot. But the next teaching, which I, I unraveled, was prioritizing stillness. And I know for me, in my own sadhana, in my life, it really began to transform once I committed to this practice and prioritized my meditation. And to speak on that a little bit, I have a clip from episode 24 with Joshna Ramakrishna from India, just a beautiful vinyasakrama teacher and someone who's been living and studying yoga for so long. And I love that she was a competitive yogi at the age of 12 super bendy in her body and can do all the tricks but she really she really prioritizes and teaches us to prioritize the stillness the silence the solitude to live yoga so we are two ways we are locked in i would think um, one is um physical aspect of yoga which is asana practice, which I think we're all kind of understand. The other is the whole intellectualizing of yoga. There are two beautiful ways we get our ego so attached to. One is to the body, another two is the mind. So through the body, we are trying to force ourselves to find peace. And through the mind, we are trying to say, oh, I know this, I'm, I, I understand this. And so that I will go and talk about this to others too really attract more people follow me not really um, having but if you actually look at these two paths which is leading us is actually taking towards suffering and any yoga teacher who's doing amazing um, asana practice is not free from suffering he's also experiencing pain he's also experiencing ups and downs in life there are a lot of um, 
emotions which overflow and there is no equanimity at all. And also for people who are so obsessed with the intellectual knowledge of yoga, because that is so beautiful. Like you can say a quote about yoga sutras and you can talk about it for hours and there are 500 people listening to you and it gives you a ego boost, you know? And there is also kind of a, there is, there is something we are stuck to, the attachment to, so these two are biggest obstacles to actually live yoga. I would say, if you want to really live yoga, go into silence for three, four days. And that is where you will live yoga practice, not in your asanas, not in your yoga sutras, uh, not in your brain. You can't think and experience anything. You actually have to put that in your mouth to feel it, you know? So right now there's a lot of reading about yoga happening, which is great, but there is no time to actually sit and practice. That's what we want in the future to actually make people experience that stillness. And it only will happen with sitting in silence. Nothing else will bring you that. You can be an amazing handstand practitioner or you can talk about Yoga Sutras in so many beautiful different languages, but it won't cut it. If you really want to experience the true joy, give yourself time to sit in silence. And that, if we can train in the right way, use the tool, beautiful tool asana to make our body healthy and the spine straight so that I can sit for a long time and use the beautiful sutras, which is giving us a direction and actually sit and follow that direction. Like there are so many sutras, it says yoga chitta vritti nirodha, the first, second sutra, it says yoga stops all the mental modifications of the mind, right? How many of us actually have an experience? We speak about it as yoga teachers and yoga practitioners. We say, oh, yoga means to stop this and be calm in all situations. How many of you actually can of us can actually practice it. Why is it difficult? Because it is still an intellectual level. It's not a practice. How can it become a practice? Actually sit with one sutra and repeat it maybe a hundred times in your mind and don't do anything else. Don't look at your phone, don't post about it. Don't, don't even talk about it, just sit with it. And then it will start to make a difference. And you can try many different ways of meditating, right? So you can choose one particular way and sit for a few days. I'm not talking about a few hours, actually a few days in silence. And that is when the real yoga start to happen. And that is where I think all the gurus, if you look at any gurus who, um, who have achieved that state of Samadhi or like say Buddha or Jesus or Ramana Maharshi, they all sat in silence. There is no other secret to it. There is literally no secret. Nobody read the Yoga Sutras and became a guru, you know? So there is, there is that missing connection we want to try and bridge. What a perfect teaching for all of us living in this modern crazy world where it's just go, 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 run, 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 and the chaos and stress of life can really... Um, get us into that rajic, that spinning state. And I love how much conviction Jashna teaches that, that that's really what the purpose of yoga is. And it very, very, very often gets missed. And 
when we sit in that meditation seat, when I sit in that meditation seat, I know that's when I experience my truth, which, you know, we're not only sadhaks, but we're jigyasus, the seekers of truth, and uh, have that mamukshatwa, the desire for liberation, for freedom. And in that meditation seat is where we know ourselves as divine, which is the next teaching. Know yourself as divine. And to kick off this teaching, I have an excerpt from episode three with Chaitna Feinstein, an author and someone who's been doing sadhana for more than 50 years. And she really gives us that essential teaching. I mean, my experience is just always know that you're the being that you're seeking and be free with that. And I know it sounds like a cliche, but you have to be at peace with yourself. And you have to find any way you can get back towards that peaceful state. Any way. There's so many ways. And yoga is certainly one way. And being curious is also one way. Never accept pain. And never accept struggle. And never accept feeling small. And and any of those feelings. Know that you're the infinite being. You have incredible incredible power at your disposal if you know it's there so that's what I would say I mean because I've always been that way and a fighter for that is just know you're that being and and be at peace with that being and and never accept less don't compromise with being I mean you can't help but be sad sometimes when people die and etc but always work towards your own happiness and towards your own peace and adopt anything that will do it, short of hurting other people. Thank you so much, Chates, for that brilliant reminder with such conviction. And I want to dive a little bit deeper into what Chaitna said about doing whatever it takes and our previous teaching of committing to the path. And there's really a thread that we see which weaves through all these teachings, which doesn't make them linear or one before the other. It's really about the process as a whole and to hammer that home i've got a clip from episode 16 with prasad ragnakar he is just pow pow amazing so listen to him hammer in on all these previous teachings actually in just such a beautiful well-expressed way traditionally yoga is known as marga marga in sanskrit means path Path is not a point. Path is a line. And in this sense, yoga is a process. It's it's a process in which you come to finally realize your true nature, true self. So it is much more than bending into a posture. It is much more than praying to a certain god. It is much, much more than modalities. See, in the current yogic uh, narrative, we have been told that yoga is a modality. Modality means you go there and you do that. But modality is not the whole of yoga. It's a process. You have to look at it like that. It's like an uh, it's like a uh, like a human person uh, goes from infancy to uh, 
childhood to preteen teen youth adult life just go grows in you and you grow same way yoga yoga grows in you and you grow through yoga and that's why when i teach teacher trainings or courses this is the first thing i tell students is be patient with yourself because if you read the scriptures and you know the yogis will say that maturation through yoga process happens over lifetimes and uh, yoga truly is a process and it has to be looked at in a very very integrated way like we have been told that oh hatha yoga means exercise bhakti yoga is only for emotional people karma yoga is for active people i really don't see it like that they are not silos they are overlapping interacting uh, orientations of bringing you to yourself did you all notice how prasad totally laid it out for us the revelation that sadhana is a living moving changing entity which leads us to that unchanging truth of ourselves as divine now this totally segues as i planned it <laughs> into the next teaching which is surrender to that which is holding you now that's a quote i took from heidi in episode 1 but what it really is speaking to is the surrender to the divine ishvari pranidhan having the trust the faith the shraddha the conviction that that power which lights our sadhana which lights our inquiry is the is that connection we have to the whole and so as we surrender to that as we turn towards that it's really for the purpose of knowing ourselves as that but in order for us to know ourselves as that we have to have faith in that so i've got a clip from episode 2 with katherine pincham and she really reminds us to have the faith to have the trust in the practice as we surrender to that power keep faith keep faith in it that it it does work this is a tried these you know these uh teachings are tried and tested for millennia literally and they're powerful and they work if you get a good source and you can be guided so much the better but even just your own personal practice of you know maybe meditating 10 minutes a day doing a bit of hatha yoga every day doing something that brings your mind a little bit of peace every day it's a powerful practice more powerful than you might think after your 10 minutes of meditation and you get up um you know to go to work or whatever actually the cumulative kind of effect of that over years is very powerful and so it can be easy to give up because you think oh that didn't make any difference i'm not going to do it tomorrow but actually in a year's time if you haven't done it compared to in a year's time if you've done it every day it's a big difference so just keep keep faith and keep remembering that mm-hmm. and that's what you've done i guess now for how many years 20 more than 20 i guess years. it is i guess i guess it is and you know you're talking in you mentioned my illness and you know how to get free of body body identification i'm still working on that like it's not as if uh i feel as if i'm kind of free of any previous identification but at the same time i feel the quality of 
the word that comes is actually of the kind of the vibration that I'm living at is so much more than I ever would have imagined, you know, when I was 20 or something like that. Life is so much richer, the, the quality of it is so much more expanded and free that it's absolutely worth it, totally. Have faith because it works, like all of these guests have so clearly demonstrated. And when we think of what it is we're having faith in, not only in the practice, but also in that power and that divine source, which lights up this inquiry, we've got a beautiful clip from episode one with Herdaya Priya, Heidi Groschler, a wonderful teacher and just dear friend to me. I mean, all these guests are dear friends, but she really reminds us of what we're having faith in. So that image of being in the hands of that power mm. has sustained me through everything. And that's been the grace because the stuff that I didn't know, the stuff that scared the living daylights out of me, you know, the stuff that made me not know what to do next, the stuff that made me feel like I'm never going to move forward, the stuff that made me feel like what's going to happen next and then it would always work and I wish I knew that then I would have been saved of so much worry and concern and fear if I had just always known and had the faith that that higher power were all in its hands mm -hmm. and it's and when you can give up the preference, that's what I was saying before, of your individuality and what you think you want and what you think you need and what you think should happen, which we all do as human beings, and what you think at all, right? If you can somehow realize that that is limited, it's a loop, you know, you've just been, we've all been just trained to be that person who thinks those things and who has those fears and who stops at that place where the person stops. Mm -hmm. But where the person stops, that power begins. Mm -hmm. And even where the person is, that power is throughout. Mm -hmm. So sadhana is the ability to recognize and surrender to that power so that as I said at the beginning, then your introduction becomes I am I, mm -hmm. or I am that. Mm -hmm. Faith and surrender as essential pillars of our sadhana. If we don't have the trust and faith that it's going to work, it won't work. If we don't have the trust and faith in that power, which brings up the disillusionment, the discomfort, we won't be able to go deep. So... Letting these five teachings, I'll recap, <laughs> letting them inspire our, our sadhana as we move forward. Teaching one, the acceptance and integration. We've got committing to our practice, committing to the path, finding our path. Prioritizing stillness and silence and meditation. Knowing yourself as divine. Mm, I love that teaching. It's so beautiful and universal in each and every episode. 
And finally, surrendering to that which is holding you, having that faith, that trust, that I'm not the one running the ship, you know? I'm a willing and excited co-creator, but it's not in my hands. So can we connect with that power which guides us? So five beautiful teachings for us to take with us. And if you're not going to listen to part two of our timeless teachings right away, I wanted to leave you with a little inspiration, a little bonus teaching from my wonderful friend Noah, who I chatted with in episode six. And he gives us a little reminder to take with us into the day, into the practice, into the life. And I'll leave us with this clip with the hope that you'll join me back for part two of our Timeless Teachings Season 1 Recap and with the request for you to please reach out and let me know what you thought of Season 1. Was there any favorite guests or favorite moments? And please, please, please remember to follow, subscribe, leave a review. So here's our last bonus teaching and takeaway from Noah. Practice doesn't make perfect. Practice is about recognizing the perfection that you are already. So that's something to remember. It's not about being perfect in, in, in the yoga poses, about how long one suspends one's breath, about how knowledgeable one may be when studying scriptures. All of it is in service to recognizing what we are already, which is perfection, which means that you are immortal, you are blissful, you are ever present. You are that awareness that permeates this entire world tree. You can love the diversity. You can love the world when you know that you are the essence that permeates it, like a tree that's permeated in all of its glory and differentiation from flowers to fruits to leaves to branches to to the whole tree. But there's a sap that runs through it, and that's what you are. Let your practice be recognizing that you are that life, that love that permeates the entire universal tree. Find that in that in those quiet moments, in those truthful moments, and just see how beautiful and grand you are. And I've always been and will always will be. Thanks for listening to this episode of A Curious Yogi Podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please leave a review on iTunes. It really, really helps the show reach more people or share on social, and of course, follow on your favorite podcast platforms so you don't miss an episode. I appreciate the love, and I appreciate you. Let's stay curious, connected, and keep walking the yogi's path together. In oneness and delight, this is Bobby signing off until next time.